Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On today's episode, we're talking about what we learned about Michigan's quarterback battle during the season opening win over Colorado State, what stood out about the defense, and what's ahead for the Wolverines. Aaron, good to be with you and good to be talking about an actual football game. I know preseason toward the end there can uh, we don't see an, a thing from the team during fall camp. So Saturday was our first glimpse of the 2022 Wolverines as well. Look, Colorado State was bad as expected and, and Michigan rolled to a 51 to 7 victory. But we'll start with this. What did you glean from Saturday's action? Oh, a couple things. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, I thought, looked better at quarterback. And we get into that here in a minute. And the defense, I thought, looked, I mean, it's one game and it's Colorado State, but, you know, the, the defense is flying around. They got a lot done. Um, they look like a unit that, you know, picked up where they kind of left off from, from last year. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we should probably start with the quarterbacks because that's what everyone's talking about. And that's going to be the storyline for the next few weeks here until they get into Big Ten play and maybe even when they get into Big, Pe- Big Ten play. But like Jim Harbaugh said, Kate McNamara was going to get the start, and he did, and he played uh, most of the, all, pretty much all the first half and and, and uh, some of the second half. Uh, final stat line: nine of eighteen for 136 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown came on a wide receiver uh, screen to Roman Wilson, and I mean, if you want to give credit on that play, it's most likely the perimeter blocking by the other wide receivers, and then Roman Wilson breaking a few tackles. Uh, he didn't throw the ball downfield very much. I think uh, Pro Football Focus had him uh, one for three on throws, 10 yards or more. Um, he was 0 for 4 under pressure. Uh, I mean, and he started off a little bit rocky, too. The the first throw was loaded Cornelius Johnson on the first drive. Then on third down, he kind of uh, overthrew him a little bit. Uh, the CJ outstretched for it, but wasn't able to bring it down. It, it wasn't a, a great performance from Cade. Uh, and then JJ comes in and 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 his limited snaps snaps kind of lit the world on fire. Fifty rushing yards, had that impressive twenty yard touchdown run. Um, showed off his athleticism and his running ability, and and was four for four for thirty yards passing. So, uh, yeah, what what stood out to you about the quarterbacks? Yeah, you you nailed it. I think Cade was was underwhelming, and that's kind of what I've been categorizing it as. Um, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was particularly good either. As you said, he missed some throws early. Uh, there were some drop balls. Ronnie Bell at one, or I think at least one where he dropped. Eric All uh, tripped on one inside the, the red zone that probably should have been caught. Otherwise, maybe kept that drive going. But yeah, the the fact of the matter is they they were able to move the football to some degree, but they weren't able to cash in in the red zone. They're turning possessions, drives into touchdowns. They had to sell for a couple of field goals there in the first half. Where you know, and they went into the halftime twenty-three nothing. That game should have easily been twenty-seven, thirty-one nothing. They would have cashed in a, a touchdown. So, yeah, Cade wasn't great. It, it was the first game, so you wonder if the jitters were a thing. The, if you wonder if the quarterback battle storyline drama was weighing on him. And you also got to keep in mind, Michigan's offensive line was a little, uh, little banged up. They were without Ryan Hayes starting left tackle. Then Carson Barnhart goes down, so they had to shuffle some guys around. So they weren't exactly working with, you know, the offensive line that maybe they had practiced with, you know, all camp. So there were some things there. I'm not going to use them as excuses because Cade was a starter last year. It's not like this is his first start ever. He knows what he's doing, um, and he was at home. So, you know, it wasn't a great showing for Cade. You know, I don't think it was awful. 
Um, he did what was asked. And like you said, he just didn't throw the ball down the field much. Now I, I actually just got done rewatching the game in its entirety and he wasn't asked to do it much. And a couple of those balls you can categorize, categorize as him throwing downfield with throwaways on like, you know, busted coverages or things right. where he just couldn't find a receiver open. So it was very much a K-McNamara game, a lot of dink and dunking. Um, you know, he was fun, trying to, you know, get guys open for screens and, and the like. That In fact, that 61-yard touchdown run by Roman Wilson was a screen pass. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard to glean a lot from it. Uh, and as you said, J.J. came into the game and his limited action, uh, he was he was exciting, you know, as Jim Harbaugh said. you know, Electric, was, baby, electric. <laughs> yeah, electric. And he used that you he used that word twice to describe JJ. Um, yeah, that touchdown run, and you can kind of see him. Mean, he just opens things up from a from a just from an offensive standpoint. They seem like it seems like, it they seems like they're able so to move much up. more with him behind center, and they do so much more. I mean, the read option was working with him in there. Um, it, like it worked to perfection on that twenty yard run. You can roll him out, spread out the defense, and and he made smart decisions in his limited snaps too. I know he had that one play where he rolled out to his right, and I thought he was going to gun it deep, and then just he checked it down, and and that's what sometimes. Sometimes you're going to need to do that. You can't always go for the big play. And I think that's what Michigan wants to see from him when there's something not there. Make the smart decision. Don't turn the ball over and live to live to see another day. And he did that. And I only played 11 snaps, but you have to like what you saw from JJ moving forward. And he's going to get the start against Hawaii, too. Yeah. And that's what Cade's been so good at is, I mean, we, they, people joked about him not going down the field much. And you can make the case, at least last year, there just weren't many opportunities to do it. But he was always good about taking the safe play and making the right play and not turning the ball over. And I think that's the step Jim Harbaugh is trying to hammer, trying to hammer home to JJ McCarthy because he's, you know, he's the playmaker type. He wants to make the explosive play and make the highlight reel play like he did last year against Western Michigan. But you can't do that every drive. You can't do that every play. So I think once JJ gets that down, it sounds like it's starting to come to him. And it's, I think the game's starting to slow down for him and he's starting to become more comfortable behind the pocket. Um, you're gonna you're gonna see an, an elite level quarterback, someone we've been talking about now for a couple of years. So the stage is set for JJ. I mean, if he comes in against Hawaii and just plays relatively well, he's gonna have to like show out or anything. But as long as he can stay, you know, uh, mistake free, not turn the ball over, and do what he does and move the offense, you know, it's certainly setting up. And I wrote that this morning for nmlife.com, but it's certainly setting up for him to take the the starting quarterback job. Um, not only just from what we saw, but then you know we spoke to Cade McNamara. After the game on Saturday, and which I'm surprised they, you know, which that's another topic to, to discuss, but I'm surprised they even brought him out there given the game that he had and the controversy going on. But, you know, if you read Cade's body language, he certainly seems like a quarterback who's A, unhappy, but, you know, kind of checked out too. I think he realized he didn't play up to his standards and he realizes this is probably JJ's job now. And yeah, you could tell he's frustrated with this, this, the whole, how it, the situation's been handled too. I don't think he agrees with, with how Jim Harbaugh has handled the situation. Uh, he believes that he's the big 10 uh, championship winning quarterback that, that he led the team last year to, to its first big 10 championships since 20, uh, 2004. And you, he, he seems pretty sour about where things are headed. And yeah, I mean, I thought his comments were, were pretty surprising, um, and we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think he's for sure out of it. He's going to probably get some snaps against Hawaii. Um, he'll probably play against UConn too. I don't see Jim not playing one of the, his two top guys in these, in these non-conference games, but you can start to see the momentum shifting towards JJ and, and, and Cade's frustrations might be reaching a boiling point. 
Yeah, you're going to see, I think, the Hawaii game play out very much like Saturday's game play out. Michigan's probably going to jump out to a big lead. Uh, J.J. will probably play the majority of the first half, if not all of it, and maybe the beginning of the second. And then if they're up big, um, which I, I think we all expect them to, the, the, the Vegas line opened today and it was like 46 up to 50. So they're expected to blow the lid off of Hawaii. Yeah, I don't think J.J.'s playing in the second half because I think it might be 45 or 50 to nothing at halftime. Right, and I think that's at that point you'll see Cade get in the game. He'll get an opportunity to do some things too. And I think Cade's almost best when he's his back is against the wall and he's under pressure. I mean, if you remember or recall a couple of years ago when he kind of came up through the ranks and he kind of won the starting job it was kind of you know late in games and blowouts or weird situations where he just kind of he could kind of sling the ball around and play his game that's when he's i think he's at his best um so i think with the pressure on and the controversy going out the quarterback situation and like you said he seemed a little sour and unhappy about how this whole thing is kind of gone um maybe we'll get a better k next week you know and, and to his defense again this is the first game of the season you know, it, it, they're still getting their juices flowing. You know, he had some new receivers. Ronnie Bell, but was back for the first time in a year. Like I said, there were issues with the offensive line. It, it's really weird to see how this is graded because JJ kind of got to got to come into the game late. You know, in the second half and just kind of, you know, do what he wanted. And the game was already in the hand. There was no pressure, so to speak. Now, well, JJ gets in the game, and now you know, week two he actually gets to start. So he's kind of in a groove. Whereas Kate kind of had to come out. You know, you could say cold, so to speak. So I'm not defending him. I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, he was a starter last year. He knows how this thing works. Um, it just It's an unfortunate situation, I think, for him. It, you know, he's a guy who took Michigan to new heights. Um, you know, he did everything that was asked of him and everything else, and he just kind of gets put in this this crappy situation. You know, I, I think in, in, you know, most other Big Ten schools or other Big Ten teams, he would have been the guy. Now, maybe not at Ohio State or whatever, fill in the blank, Penn State maybe, but like any other Big Ten school would love to have him. And Michigan's just got this five-star kid, J.J. McCarthy, waiting. Uh, so it's – it's it, it, like I said, it, this is clearly going to be J.J.'s show. Now, it's very possible he comes out Sarah, against Hawaii and doesn't play well. I mean, that's not to be – I don't think there's going to be – there's any, like, guarantee here. I mean, what if he goes out and throws – you know, a couple of interceptions or whatever. They, they can't move the football, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I mean, it, it is Hawaii, and it is his first career start. Like, J.J.'s never started a game before, so that, that could change change things a little bit. But, yeah, you're you're 100% right there. Yeah, so I I don't know. It's J.J.'s job to lose, I think, at this point. Maybe that was the assumption kind of coming into the air, just the fact that they've been put on this even playing pedestal, playing level. Uh, but now it's even more so. I think it's going to show. If J.J. comes out and just does his game and doesn't screw up, I think he's your uh, he's your starter week three against UConn. Well, what's interesting to me too is that like if Kate comes in in a blowout, he probably doesn't have many reps with the uh, with the second teamers, at least not what, from what we've seen. I mean, he was last year's starter, so uh, it's I wonder if he'll have that same chemistry with some of the guys that will be playing in a in a blowout game too. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, obviously we should probably talk about the defensive side of the ball too. Um, a lot of question marks heading into the year. I mean, Colorado State has a lot of new faces on their offense and a first-year coach, a quarterback that has two career snaps heading into Saturday. But overall, a pretty dominant effort across the board. Uh, Mission held Colorado State to 76 yards in the first half, 219 for the game, and the Rams didn't score until midway through the fourth quarter when the Wolverines had all, all reserves in the game. So um, seven sacks, 11 tackles for loss, a ton of quarterback pressures. 
Um, your, your, what are your takeaways from from the first game under new coordinator Jesse Minter? Yeah, they they look good. Where you know last year's defense was so I think concentrated up front with the ends and maybe the outside linebackers with obviously Aiden and and David. We always talk about. But it, it seemed like Saturday, all of the pressure was coming from everywhere. I mean, it was coming up front. It was coming from the lot, interior linebackers. It was coming from the secondary. I mean, heck, Mike Sane was still at the first <laughs> sack of the season. I mean, I don't know who would have had that in their bingo card. But, I mean, think about that if there are odds placed on that. That would have been quite the payout if there was if there if there odds uh, that number was out there. I'm sure it would have, I don't even know what it would be. It would have been an astronomical number, I'm sure. Yes, it would. And I think it just goes to show, I think Jesse Minter and the coaching staff realize, and look, they talked about this in spring and I think they're, they seem pretty upfront about it. They, you know, they said, Hey, we're not going to get the same production from the edge edge spots that we did last year. Just not going to happen. So they've got to find other people in other positions to do it. And they're sending pretty much everyone. Uh, we saw the defensive backs uh, blitz. We saw Junior Colson get to the quarterback. We saw the obviously the guys up front. They were mixing a match and they were throwing a bunch of different guys in there, throwing different looks at at um, Colorado State. It was very much what Mike McDonald did last year. He loved mix uh, switching things up. Um, throwing different looks at, at opposing teams to kind of keep them off balance. And that's what happened. Um, like you said, seven, seven sacks. I, th- I counted nine different guys in on some of these sacks. And then, you know, 11 tackles for loss. They had the interception by Rod Moore. DJ Moore had the scoop and scored. It was almost, it was like, it was everything. It was everything you could have asked for from the defense in week one. I mean, they got the turnovers. They got the pressure. It was multiple guys involved. It just wasn't two or three or four. Um, it was it was all it was a banner game. It was all around game. It was something I think they can look back on from watching film today or tomorrow and say we, we played really well. Now, you got to put things into context and back up here. And like you said, it's Colorado State. They're a very new offense. The quarterback had only taken a couple snaps. He's very green. Their offensive line was very young and experienced. So they're able to take advantage of that. Nonetheless, I, I think this is the best situation Michigan could be in coming out of week one. We all talked about the offense are expected to be fine no matter who's at quarterback. It was the defense and whether they can force turnovers and live up to, to some degree of what Michigan is, was able to do last year. Week one looked good. Let's see if they can keep it going. But this is certainly something really good to, I think, build off of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should talk a little bit more about those edge spots because of what they lost last year in Ojabo Hutchinson. And it looks like it's probably going to be Mike Morrison and Jalen Harrell as the main guys there. But, man, I know it was one game in limited staffs, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ayabi Anoma and Derek Moore move up the depth chart pretty quick. I mean, I don't know about you, but it sure looks like they have a whole lot of athleticism, and I think they have a lot more upside than, than guys like Taylor Upshaw, who was pretty underwhelming last or the, uh, last game. Um, he's uh, been, been here for four or five years, and I, I think his ceiling is kind of capped at this point. But when these guys start to learn the playbook a little bit more and get a little bit more comfortable – I wonder how much more run they're going to get because in their limited snaps, they were pretty impressive. Um, and then yeah, outside of that, there was, it was, it was every play, a lot of plays that it was just a different guy. I mean, it, I don't think many guys stood out overall. I mean, that part of that was because they played and rotated in so many guys, but it was, it seemed like every play was someone else stepping up. Yeah. Because it was, I think 11 men running to the football in every single play. And it's, it's that unit, type of defense that I think some coaches would dream to have. I think Michigan Don Brown in the past would, would have loved to have to have had, and he just didn't have it. He'd have playmakers here and there. He'd have fine. He'd had, you know, he'd have solid units, but he wouldn't have an entire defense. So 
they, yeah, they have the potential of being very good. I think Jim Harbaugh wasn't joking when he said that they could be better than last year, just I think as a unit. And we saw some of that on Saturday. Um, yeah, Yabi Anoma, I think PFF had him for nine total snaps the whole game. First snap is a, is, is a sack. He had, what, two tackles. Um, he was, you know, he got to the quarterback. He showed that he could still do it. He's got that talent and athleticism on the edge. Um, I suspect he's going to play some more going forward. That was obviously his first game, but he looked pretty darn good. Um, and you, yeah, you mentioned Mike Morris. He was in a lot of stuff. Braden McGregor had his hands on a few things. I don't think he got credit for anything, but no. And uh, he was surprisingly the lowest graded uh, defensive player on PFF. But it seemed like, I mean, he he had that missed sack opportunity, but it seemed like he was getting a lot of pressure every time he was out there. He, he played limited snaps too, but he was out there early in the game, which makes you think that he he is pretty high up there on the depth chart. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's a guy that has taken some strides, at least in, in the pass rushing realm, um, that, that could be a player there this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Upshaw, he got into the game, but didn't do a ton. Um, but they've got guys there as long as they can stay healthy and get these guys in rotation. And I think that's where these three non-conference games are so important. These opponents are easy victories. There's no reason Michigan doesn't lose these games. And then it's an opportunity for the coaching staff to get these guys in and see what they have and see what combinations work and what spots work you know, the most. And they'll be able to kind of go from there. And that's what Mike McDonald, I think, was so good at last year is rotating in so many guys and kind of seeing what they had and then maximizing what they were good at. Um, I think you're going to see something similar this year with Jesse Mentor. I think you're going to see a lot of guys – you know, spe- you know, specifically in there, maybe a third down situation, maybe like a McGregor and a Harrell. Um, and then you're getting to see some guys that be the kind of first through, you know, first first and second down guys. So, but they've got a lot of guys, a lot of guys to work with. I think that's a good thing. Um, the depth is, I think, a little bit better than I thought, at least up front. Um, and then Junior Colson, man, like he led the team, obviously, in tackles. I think he's at, at 10 or whatever. Um, didn't get any sacks or TFLs. But, you know, I re- when I rewatched the game this afternoon, it, seems, it just seemed like, he was everywhere, and I think he played a lot, a lot of snaps, uh, but he was he was in or near almost every play, and I think that's what they're expecting out of him to to try and uh, wreak some havoc there. Yeah, I think I think you said this in in one of your pre game or preseason prediction. He's he's the X factor of that defense, and he's the I think probably the most important piece of that defense this season with with his talent and where he plays and and what he brings to the defense. So, uh, yeah, uh, up next is Hawaii, who's already zero two. Lost sixty-three to ten to Vanderbilt in their opener, and then forty-nine to seventeen to Western Kentucky, which is probably why the 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 opening line is so big and it's already moving close to fifty points. I think you said so. Um, Michigan will not be on upset alert next week. They're probably going to win by pretty handedly, but um, yeah, they have to play who's on their schedule. Who knows how much we'll be able to glean from this next game as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, the season is finally underway. Uh, anything else from you? Any other takeaways from Big Ten action in in week one of college football? Well, we'll uh, we'll get in Hawaii later in the week. Right. Um, but yeah, their their offense is kind of similar. I mean, they're not air raid, but they like to throw the ball around a lot. <laughs> I know they've been very successful doing it the last couple <laughs> weeks, but I think you're going to get a very similar look for Michigan's defense uh, here in week two. So that I think expect to see a lot of the same guys and a lot of similar deployments. Uh, that you saw against Colorado State. But, yeah, it should be an easy victory. They should have no issue winning this game and winning it handedly. Um, Big Ten-wise, it was a lot of close. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners watched a lot of these games. A lot of close games again. Um, You know, uh, Illinois, questionable decisions down the stretch there. Um, Ohio, I thought the Ohio's Notre Dame game was fascinating to watch. 
Ohio State's offense wasn't as explosive as maybe some of us thought. No, it was uh, not. And it didn't uh, help that they lost uh, Jack Smith and the Jigba early in the game, too. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, they, they eked out the win. They got it, um, which I think is the most important thing, obviously, in week one. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's going to be a fascinating thing. I think if you're a Michigan fan right now, you're feeling pretty good after week one. I know everyone expected the victory, uh, but to see the running game fine, the offensive line handle themselves, um, the defense play pretty well, I think you got to be feeling pretty good. Now, they, uh, you'd like to see them do this two more weeks and, and get some kind of vibe and consistency going, kind of going into Big Ten play. But right now, I mean, Michigan's relatively healthy. It sounds like they're going to get um, Carson Barnhart back next week. Uh, and Ryan Hayes. Ryan Hayes, it sounds like more likely than Barnhart. They're unsure on Barnhart. It sounds like it was an ankle. Um, but Jim Jim Harbaugh seemed pretty optimistic. So I, I think Michigan's offensive line will be in decent shape. They like the depth to begin with. So there's not much of an issue. And you saw them, again, handle themselves fine on, on Saturday without them. So uh, Nikhil Green, they're expected to get back at linebacker as well. Uh, so they should be near or you know at full strength for Hawaii. Uh, not that they necessarily need it, but it would be nice to have kind of the, the full team ready to go. Yeah, and hey, if you were worried about uh, Iowa's offense taking a step forward this year, um, <laughs> uh, don't think the they'll. I think maybe double digits. If you if you're Michigan, you score double digits in in Iowa City, then you uh, you might come out with a victory because they were absolutely atrocious on on Saturday. Um, yeah, Rutgers pulled off a surprising win over Boston College. Um, so elsewhere. So yeah, it will, it should be a, a fun season. Uh, we'll have plenty more this week. I know we're talking to JJ McCarthy this week. We'll have Harbaugh tomorrow. Um, and, and we'll have another podcast there this week to, to recap some of those comments and, and look ahead to, to what Michigan has on tap. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.